what it do, fantasy football degenerates. We are back with another front page football podcast on August 17th, 2020. This is your host, Tanner Jolly. I'm joined, as always, by the front page crew, Joey Tao, Eric Tatum, and Nathan Keeney. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at frontpage underscore FF. Today's topic will be the Las Vegas Raiders team preview. Eric, let's start it off with some trivia. All right, I got one trivia question for you guys today. This one kind of pertains to uh, Fresno, Clovis area. So there are two high school football stadiums in the Central Valley named after Raiders legends. Who are they? Wow. Uh, LaMonica is number one. For Daryl LaMonica, Clovis High. Yep, that's correct. And one more. It's got to be Central Stadium, but I don't know the name of it. (laughs) You guys are going to love this one. Oh, okay. Is it is it, is it uh, Bakersfield? Bakersfield. Uh, it's no. gonna be Banger Nation for sure. Yep, Nate's <laughs> yeah. got it. He's got the school. <laughs> what's the What's his name? Tom Flores. Oh, oh God. Yep. Tom that Flores. Was, is he from Sanger? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So, fun fact: the uh, the front page crew is all from Fresno, Fresno, California. If you guys know where that is. If you ever are in here, uh, stop by. Uh, hit us up. We'll take you to uh, Doghouse. Yeah, we'll like the two places that we have. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. On that note, let's dive into the Las Vegas Raiders' uh, second year under head coach John Gruden. Still have the uh, ghost of Al Davis haunting them a little bit uh, when they uh, attempt to find a man with a sub four forty. They drafted Henry Ruggs in the first round, speedster out of Alabama. And then they also drafted Len Bowden Jr., who's kind of a running back wide receiver hybrid, and Brian Edwards in the third round. I'm not really sure why they can't just take a bona fide stud like C. Lamb or Jerry Judy. They just insist on getting these like speedsters that break the 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 forty time records, but I don't know. You know, we get kind of memories of them drafting Darius Hayward, Darius Hayward Bay over Michael Crabtree a few years ago. Uh, I think they kind of try to match the Chiefs now. Uh, it's a copycat league, but I don't think they have the the QB or the receivers or, or certainly the coaching staff to match up to what the Chiefs have. So uh, in the backfield, they lost DeAndre Washington. We still have Jalen Richard, who led the team in running back targets. And they acquired Devontae Booker, who's kind of a pass-catching specialist. And then they got uh, Lynn Bowden and, and Henry Ruggs, who will probably eat into those carries a little bit too. Um, they led the, the they lead the league this year in uh, salary cap to the offensive line. Um, they're fourth overall in Brandon Thorne's offensive line ratings, rankings. And they're bringing back um, quarterback Derek Carr, and they recently acquired uh, Marcus Mariota too to back him up. So, um, not a very promising team this year. Um, I think they're pretty much a lock to lose the division and kind of a maybe hot take here, but their opening schedule is Panthers, Saints, Pats, Bills, and Chiefs, and then they have a bye. So, it's not uh, unrealistic that they go 0-5 and Derek Carr gets pulled at the bye for Marcus Mariota. So, with that being said, let's move on over to Mr. Dump-Off Derek himself, and uh, Darren Waller. Tanner, what do you got for us? 
Yep, let's start it off with Derek Dump Daddy Carr, the Fresno State legend himself. <laughs> Has a ADP of QB 29 right now, but last year he finished as QB 17 with the likes of Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, and DeAndre Washington, and Hunter Renfro as his main weapons. So, look, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned in the draft, they got some upgrades at wide receiver. I think most importantly, Henry Ruggs the third. Add speed to an offense that severely lacked it last year. He's not just a vertical threat. He excels on screens and low ADOT targets uh, because he's dangerous in the open field, and he was definitely used that way at Bama. And I, I pray to God that they use him that way and don't just send him on nines all day because I don't think that's how you're going to maximize him. Again, like you said, I think they're trying to copy the Chiefs here with their um, diverse packages and their diverse players. I think they really are hoping that Ruggs becomes the Tyreek Hill clone. I don't think anybody's ever going to be Tyreek Hill, but I, I think that's what they're hoping that he can kind of create that weapon for him. So, yeah, so Derek Carr has some continuity going in, into this year with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro uh, that will continue to be involved as the chain movers and between the hash options for Carr, which he very much needs. Um Additionally, they added a plethora of receiving type running backs, which again just kind of uh, supplements that low A dot um, target share that Derek Hart really relies on. Uh, they do have the fourth ranked offensive line, according to ETR's Brandon Thorne. This is very crucial for any QB, but especially Carr, who provides zero mobility and absolutely melts under pressure. So I think he's going to be safe on that front. Some of the negatives regarding Carr. Look, I mean, he has a very low ceiling. We pretty much know who Derek Carr is now in his career. And like Nate mentioned, there is a controversy brewing uh, at QB with the signing of Marcus Mariota, whose contract is structured to change should he take over that lead QB duty. So this makes me think they're very much leaving the door open for that, that to happen. I, I tend to think that Derek Carr will keep his job. Um, I think he did enough last year to to give me at least some kind of hope that with, with an improved set of weapons, he can maybe do a little bit more. But my consensus on him is he, he's simply a streamer until he proves otherwise. And he's not even the safest, safest option in a two QB league since there is that chance he could lose his starting job. In a two QB league, you never want to have your second quarterback have any type of risk to lose their job, you know, because the waiver wire is so thin. So, yeah, simply put, man, QB 29 ADP, you, nobody's touching this dude in most redraft leagues stream them on a great matchup and that's about it yeah i agree i, I really don't think um uh, he's viable in a single quarterback league it's just you know what he is he's a floor play and you don't want that out of a streaming qb so uh, yeah. how do you feel about darren waller this year i'm kind of off of him a little bit just because it kind of seemed like he benefited from being the only the only show in town last year when you're you know your main target competition is like jalen richard and uh hunter renfro um he only had three touchdowns on 117 targets and over 1,100 yards, which is just kind of ridiculous. So I'm not in on his tight end four price tag. How do you How do you feel? Darren Waller going as tight end five uh, right now and 51 overall. He reminds me a lot of Jared Cook. He's a high-volume tight end with not a whole lot of, of red zone and touchdown equity. As you mentioned, finished tight end three last year in half-point PPR on the back of 90 receptions which was second at the tight end position behind only Travis, the GOAT, Kelsey himself. Only five of Waller's 90 receptions, a measly 5.6%, were delivered 20-plus yards downfield. 
but Kittle was the only uh, was the NFL's lone tight end to outgain Waller in yards after the catch, which I actually found pretty interesting. I don't know why I had this idea, but I kind of thought that Darren Waller was kind of like a Zach Ertz, like a catch it and fall down type of dude. But he's definitely got some some yak ability, which is which is good to note. In terms of this year, I have to imagine those target totals are coming down with the addition of those weapons that we talked about. Something interesting to note, uh, generally the running back and tight end targets are inversely related in that the more targets a team gives to their running backs, the less they tend to give to their tight ends. We should expect a lot of targets to go to these running backs this year based on the offseason additions to their running back room, who they added, and perhaps maybe just as importantly, the coach speak. Sounds like they really want to get all the running backs involved in the in the pass game. And generally speaking, that eat, that eats into the tight end target share. And additionally, I think Hunter Renfro's blossoming rapport with Carr gives me some added concern as well. I mean, yeah, the dude doesn't – the guy looks like he's Tom Brady out there <laughs> running out of the slot. But, I mean, hey, look, they have a rapport and um, matches Carr's dot, And so I, I don't think you can really sleep on Hunter Renfro's chemistry with Derek Carr just quite yet. I'd like to touch on the red zone opportunity – Waller did lead the team last year with 11 red zone targets, which really isn't a whole lot. Uh, but he was actually third on the team in red zone touchdowns with three. But backup tight end Foster Moreau had only seven red zone targets, which led to actually five touchdowns. I do think Waller, for that reason, is due for some positive touchdown regression. Um, and it's clear that they like to throw to their big body tight ends in the red zone. However, I think he's absolutely capped at like seven touchdowns. I could see him finishing with probably about five and you're pretty much paying for volume. So my consensus, the Raiders offense should be a lot better than last year because of the additional playmakers they added. However, I do think these playmakers will direct and demand some target share their way to the detriment of Waller, who was primarily relying on volume. But I do think tight end five is a fair price to pay for this type of volume. And we are banking on that established chemistry between Carr and Waller, which we're just going to keep. Uh, harping on all off season that I think that chemistry is going to go a long way with a shorter off season. I'd be a little bit wary of the possible QB change, but you know, tight end five, that's not an egregious cost, but I'm just adding this dude to the list of mid tier tight ends that I will not be touching. And so I'm punting. What do you guys think? Uh, no, uh, no concern about grandpa Jason Witten coming in and uh, siphoning off uh, targets from Mr. Waller baller. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't understand that signing at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yep. I think Waller's going to be a good fantasy tight end this year. Very safe option. He's just kind of going in a spot where I don't know if I really want to take a tight end. And, you know, the beginning of the fifth round, he averaged 11 points per game last year. For a tight end, That that's awesome. If you could get a guy, you just play the whole year, not have to worry about streaming with, 11 points, you know, I'll take it in the fifth round. I'm not sure he's going before guys like Robert Woods, uh, DK Metcalf, you know, high upside receivers. So, you know, maybe if he falls, I'll take a shot at him, but uh, maybe draft day, I'll get a little rattled and, and, (laughs) and smash the button, you know, after a few drinks. But I know in our league, uh, none of us are gonna gonna leave with him because we have a diehard Raiders fan who who always leaves drafts with uh, <laughs> Raiders tight ends. So he's he's just gonna be too too expensive for for our taste. 
Yeah, real quick, that. Joe. Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. Not to, not to dismiss uh, the, the Jason Witten signing too much, but I do think what that indicates is they're going to run a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, two and three tight end sets. Cause I think Foster Moreau is kind of legit, you know, like there's a chance Jason Witten's like the third tight end on the roster and they just got him to, to run uh, three tight end sets. I think that's a possibility, but, but I don't see him actually taking away any red zone equity, maybe, you know, maybe a handful of targets, but yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, if he was going a little bit later, like, behind Hunter Henry, behind Evan Ingram, I might dabble with it, but I feel like that, that volume is baked into his price there. So anyways, uh, let's move over to the running backs. Eric, what do you got for us? Yep. I will be talking about Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> been saving that one all day. Just waiting to unload it. Uh, <laughs> got me mid beer step. That was dangerous. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, He's got a nice rushing floor, Josh Jacobs does. Last year, he finished seventh in rushing while missing three games. He received uh, 242 carries. He did not receive a lot of passing work, only 27 targets, 20 receptions. The main leaders in the pa- uh, backfield for pass catching were DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. Uh, DeAndre Washington, he's gone now, though, so he's vacating 41 passing targets. But the thing that I think is mo- most important is that he's vacating 108 carries. And the additions they added were Lynn Bowden, who everyone's talking him up as a running back. But if you go back and look in college, he was a receiver his freshman year, a receiver his sophomore year. And then he had to go in and play quarterback uh, after a couple of injuries. And then he also played wildcat quarterback for uh, Kentucky. So, I don't see him coming in and just being, you know, hey, you're just going to be a running back. He's uh, a diverse, you know, football player. He he won like the I don't know what the award is, but essentially like all he won all purpose award, you know, offense all purpose award in NCAA last year. So he's going to be moving around the field. They're going to put him in the slot. He'll be in the backfield sometimes, but when he's in the backfield, he's not going to be by himself. He would be in, you know, two running back sets, Josh Jacobs, Lynn Bowden and kind of moving him around. They'll probably put him in motion to set things up. So I'm not worried about him, you know, siphoning off too much in the rushing game. I could see at least 50 of those carries from DeAndre Washington going to Josh Jacobs. That puts him at 292 carries if we count the 242 from last year. Plus a little bit in the receiving game, he's getting over 300 touches. You know what that sounds like to me? Bell cap. Bell, that's out, yeah. Hashtag bell cow, baby. I wasn't really high on Jacobs about a month ago, but looking more into it, I'm I'm kind of coming along with him. As you guys mentioned, he's got a solid offensive line. He's going to get a lot of work. Raiders' offense isn't super good, but uh, the volume's there. And even when they get in the red zone for scoring opportunities, the volume's still there. Looking at last year, uh, he saw 44 red zone touches compared to DeAndre Washington's 20, who is now gone. And then Jalen Richard saw four when we look at just touches compared to running backs. So I can comfortably take Josh Jacobs late first round to mid uh, second round. Yeah, I think it's not the worst thing in the world to start your draft with like, you know, Chubb and Jacobs or whatever if you're on the turn. Because if you are there and you wait on running back, you're kind of toast. So I'm not a huge Josh Jacobs guy. He was actually on my 2020 um, 
Faderade list, but you don't really want to miss out on running backs there. So I'm okay with it if that's where your your spot lands. So you guys have anything else on the running backs there? Yeah, I just uh, I think I think uh, I actually like Josh Jacobs a lot too, Eric. And I've kind of come on to him more at the as the season off season's kind of gone on. What worries me is just the lack of pass passing volume there, and it's almost like he's like a Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb light. He's like the same type of running back and on a team that is not going to be in a lot of favorable matchups. So when they get in, when they're down by a lot because their defense is awful and the Browns and the Titans defense isn't as bad as the Raiders, then he's just going to be phased out. So that's one thing that worries me a little bit. I think that kind of is priced in to his, his cost, but it's just something to think about when you're drafting him. It, there's going to be weeks where he doesn't score double digits because he's going to get phased out. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Why did they go after so many pass-catching running backs after Gruden said, oh, we're going to get Josh Jacobs involved in the pass game, and then they go get Booker, they go get Lynn Bowden? I'm kind of confused by that. Oh, and then also, why would you let DeAndre Washington walk and not Jalen Richard, and then your NCs or your in um, division rival Chiefs pick him up? Like, what What are you doing? Yeah, it. it- it's weird, um, and the Chiefs just signed him for a veteran minimum $1 million deal, so it's not like he was asking a lot of money. Jacobs ran uh, 147 passing routes last year, which were which was uh, 41st at the position. So just some, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. It, hopefully, if, if he does get the passing volume, then he's a steal. It's just right. it's just a risk you got to keep in mind. Tanner did mention it. Um, so if you do believe in like the coach speak, player speak, Gruden has been saying he wants to get him involved, you know, a lot more in the passing game, especially on third downs. Um, wants his lead back to be there on third downs. And Jacobs did set a goal for himself, uh, 60 receptions. Last year he had 20, so he wants to triple that. So, I mean, if you want to, you know, believe into the hype right there, that just adds to his ceiling. But Overall, I think he's a good good RB, too. All right, let's move over to the wide receivers. Joe, can you uh, make sense of this uh, receiving core for us? Yeah, these guys are all going really late. So, first of all, they're not going to cost you a lot. Henry Ruggs is going the earliest at wide receiver 47 right now uh, per Fantasy Pros ADP. Uh, second is Hunter Renfro, wide receiver 62. And then you have Tyrell Williams and Brian Edwards, uh, who are both undrafted. So... Just I'm just going to talk about all of them collectively because they're all kind of going in that undrafted the last uh, you know last few rounds of drafts. Henry Ruggs a little bit earlier, but just as a group, I don't think there's a ton of value here. Um, I guess you can you can take a few stabs at Ruggs. He's just going in that range where there's so many other receivers that I I like there, and I actually you know I'm just worried about about Carr throwing to these guys, you know, he's Carr. We kind of know what he is. You know, dump off, dump off daddy is his, his nickname. And um, his, his average completed air yards per attempt last year was 4.9, which is ridiculous. And that's, uh, that was 35th out of 39. So uh, out of 39 quarterback qualifying quarterbacks. So this guy's just not throwing it downfield that much. Um, which I, which I mean, it's not a terrible 
thing because I actually think Henry Ruggs is someone who does who doesn't go deep that much. He actually catches around the line of scrimmage and he excels at yards after the catch. Uh, his career average in yards after the catch was 17 and a half yards, which is insane. And this dude took 25 touchdowns, 20, 25, uh, sorry, 25 of Ruggs, 100 touches went for touchdowns in his, uh, in his uh, college career. So I don't really have much else to say on these guys. I don't like any of them that much and I'm kind of just avoiding them. If anyone, if any of you guys love any of these guys, I'd love to hear your opinion. To be honest with you, when I was writing this up, uh, I kind of forgot about Tyrell Williams, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I think is kind of the, you know, the point. Um, we do have Henry Ruggs, uh, our consensus rankings have him 10 spots above ADP, which is pretty high, uh, even for that late in the draft. So I'm okay with taking a shot on him. Like you said, um, maybe he gets those big pop-off touchdowns. But other than that, I'm not really touching any of these guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think I'm touching him in fantasy-wise, but just to kind of touch on what Joey was saying, that he doesn't – Derek Carr doesn't need to throw down the field to get these guys the ball to have them make plays. And that's not – you know, that's probably not what John Gruden has in store. I think we're going to see a lot of screen passes that, you know, Lynn Bowden or <clears throat> Henry Ruggs. We're probably going to see, you know, incorporation of a little touch pass that the Chiefs are infamous for, like the little jet sweep touch pass. So, you know, the downfield targets isn't a bad thing. And um, him throwing it not as far down the field, I think that's just him going through his progressions and taking, you know, the safe the safe bet, not throwing interceptions. Last year he only had eight. That's, that's really good. He's averaging, what, 0.5 a game as compared to someone like – you know, James Winston is averaging 2.1 a game or something like that. So they, I think they're, they're good at football. They're just not good at fantasy. Yeah, I guess very last thing here. Apparently, Ruggs is going to get a lot of slot looks. And so if you're a Renfro truther and they're in a rare, you know, three wide receiver set, he's probably going to get kicked off the field. So... Keep that in mind. Also, Dynasty Stash, Brian Edwards, apparently there's a lot of buzz around him. Not touching him in redraft, but if you're a Dynasty player, keep an eye on him. Yeah, Fantasy Twitter has been loving that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, just last thing here, currently uh, wearing a Darren McFadden Raider jersey. <laughs> just want to say uh, lifelong Raider fan, no longer a Raider fan, and uh, very happy to be free of... Uh, of the Raider uh, stranglehold that they had on me. So uh, uh, all you Raider fans out there who are listening to this, I'm sorry. Hopefully better days are coming. But uh, you can come find me in the agency land. I'm also a, leaving. a born again <laughs> Raiders fan. So they're leaving uh, you guys for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So. Yeah. They're just kind of like spitting in your face with that one. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be like a clinic out there where you guys can go to like <laughs> chat with other like former Raiders fans, <laughs> get some help. <laughs> yeah, we should start like a group, like uh, yeah. like uh, Raiders Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps up the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Join us next time when we break down the Denver Broncos. Cheers. 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 Cheers.